millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to Amazon.com slash ad-free fitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Hello and welcome to the Secret Library Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Donahue, and ever since I was little, I've been obsessed with books. So I started this show to interview authors and those behind the book so that we can learn not just why they mean something to us, but where they come from. Okay, so we're up with another episode of the Secret Library Podcast, and I'm here today with Julia Callahan. Yay. And I know I'm so excited. Julia and I used to work together at Book Soup, as did many of my guests. You'll notice a trend here. Book Soup is like the literary hub of Los Angeles. And um, she did her degree at UC Santa Cruz in history, uh, <laughs> history and literature. Literature is now a new, it's now a new genre. That's your degree, Julia. Yes. You didn't even know. <laughs> And then she went on, she's worked at BookSoup with me for a while, and then with fellow BookSoup alumna, is that what we're calling everybody, alumni? Yeah. Uh, Tyson Carnell founded Rare Bird, Rare Bird Lit, and Rare Bird Books, and Julia is Director of Sales and Marketing. And so I had to bring her on because we've had big press love with people who've published with traditional publishing, and then we've also had self-published love but we haven't had any small press love except for Barry Tesler who did publish her book with a smaller imprint but we haven't had the actual press on nor have we actually had any press on so Julia you no pressure virgin Um, virgin territory (laughs) total virgin territory so I wanted to have you on to talk about kind of small press culture what it's like publishing books and and putting books out in the world as part of Rare Bird and also, I think people need to know how to reach out to a small press. And I just want to dish about book events because we've both done them and we know what they're like. And you've done way more than I have. So I've done a lot. A lot. A lot. So girl. many. So many. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So exciting. So let's just start with, with like culture of small press and what's the experience like putting a book out as part of a smaller press? Sure. It's, um, it's fucking exhausting to be totally (laughs) honest. No, it's awesome. I mean, it is tiring. It's, it's, you know, uh, what's funny about small presses is like, I, my dad's a small business owner. I grew up around a small business. Um, I understand what it takes to be a small business and then a small press. There's like, so you, you deal with all the regular things that a press deals with, but then you also deal with all the small business stuff. So on any given day, you know, yeah, I'm editing. I, I'm, I don't do it as much editing as I used to because we've grown a little bit. But, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, 
putting out press releases. I'm talking to people. I'm booking events. I'm, you know, doing any number of things. And then I'm also like making sure the office has, has, um, paper and like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like changing light bulbs and like doing like this small business stuff where you're like, I mean, can someone else clean out this storage unit for today or so there's like so so it's kind of interesting because you're you're dealing with both of these things at once um and I think like putting out a book like just one book from start to finish it used to we used to be on a much shorter time frame um and now we're actually to the time frame of a regular press so it takes about two years from start to finish um yeah so so we've we've grown exponentially in the past three years um, like, like doubled for four years, we doubled, um, how many books we did and <laughs> we doubled intense. every year. Yeah. And you're now putting out in like the mid twenties a year, right? 40 to 50. Oh, really? Cause your website, yeah. I think I saw something like 20 to 25. Oh. Nope. That's not 40. updated because I haven't had a chance <gasps> you any time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. 40 to 50. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And there's five of us. So it's a lot. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, but, but, you know, we're, we're, we've caught up for the most part and we're like ahead of the game now and getting stuff out, um, you know, in a timely manner <laughs> that doesn't kill us. I haven't had to be at work until six in the morning in like at least two years. So what do you mean? You start at 9am and then stay through till six in the morning? Yeah. You start uh-huh. at six. In the yeah. Morning? No, no, no. Start at like eight, nine and then stay through till six in the morning. Oh my God. There were a number of years where that was pretty normal. Oh Lord. No, I'm really <laughs> yeah. glad you're sleeping now. I think that's probably better for everybody. Yeah, it is. And Tyson's sleeping, which is better for me. So that's good. <laughs> oh, I, I think everybody's sleeping. I've just been reading Essentialism again. And it's just uh-huh. like sleep. Sleep is the answer. Yeah, it is. It is. And it puts me in a good mood. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. essential. So, haha, bad pun. But, um, <laughs> unintended the pun. home of bad puns, the secret library. Woo! Um, so how do you, how many applications are you getting or how many submissions are you getting to publish that you're whittling down to 40 to 50 books a year? We get quite a few. Um, as we were growing, we're, the point we're at right now is that as we were growing, we took on a lot mm-hmm. um, and we're sort of wading through that now and like trying to make sure we can put everything on certain seasons. Um, but we we get quite a few. We do not take unsolicited um, or unagented submissions. Okay, got it. So um, that helps uh, because people will just send us stuff, and you know, if if it's it's, I mean, I, I hate to be like negative, but um, <laughs> basically, but to be completely honest, basically, I if I have a reason to say no, it helps because then, because reading through that many manuscripts takes a long time. Um, so if I, and it's not that I don't want to acquire good books and that's not that I don't think that people who just send me their work couldn't be good books. It's that I have to have someone else filter that because I just don't have time to read through all those manuscripts. Um, you know, uh, that's just the, the 
the truth of the matter. So if I can say, if someone's like, here's my manuscript, I don't have an agent. And I can just say no. Um, it, I mean, to tell you to the truth, it's just, that's easy for me. Um, no, I think that's my realistic. <laughs> and I think people need to know that. Like, so if yeah. people have a manuscript going, even going to a small press doesn't mean that you can just go in without any agent. Yeah. And, and I mean, we do, you know, there are times few and far between where we make exceptions um, based on content. So like, you know, if someone has a memoir about something really fucking interesting, I will be like, okay, I'll, you know, I'm interested in this, so I'll read it. Um, that is very rare. Um, and then also, you know, Tyson and I both, I mean, we have a combined, oh God, 25 years of experience in publishing. Um, so we know a lot of people. So if, if people that we really enjoy, and the key is we really enjoy their work, but we also really enjoy working with them because there is nothing worse than dealing with an author that you don't want to deal with. So like Got personality, it. personality factors in, um, definitely. Like, so if we're going to, if we're going to, um, cause if you're going to dish, which is awesome, I'm I'll, not, I'm I'll not dish. asking you to name names, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm not going to name names. I know we're not going to name drop here, but what does it mean to be an author that you like dealing with? Like as a small, like what is a, what does a gold star author look like? I mean, it's someone that, A, it's someone that has connections and can go out and talk to people. Um, so like, you know, and someone that's excited. So like, I like, I would rather you be too excited than not excited enough. Cause there's nothing worse than when I have to try to like motivate authors to go do things. Oh, no. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And I don't have time. I mean, I, you know, I feel like a broken record already. I don't have time. I don't have time to go do that. So like things are just going to get dropped and that makes me unhappy and it should make you the author unhappy because your book's not going to sell as well. Um, but I think, you know, it's partially, it's, it's also partially an attitude that like, just because we're publishing your book does not mean I'm your personal assistant. Um, you know, there's, I, <laughs> there's like, <laughs> there's like there, we, we, in our office, we call it entitlement that like, but it's sort of this notion that I don't like that because I'm, not a Republican and I don't like using that word in the pejorative. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's this attitude of like, um, you know, I've written this book and it is a gift to the world and now you'll all line up and praise the, the genius that has come out of me. And the fact of the matter is, is that that maybe used to be how publishing worked and is definitely not how it works anymore. Um, so like, you know, I, I, one of the things I tell authors sometimes, usually when I'm frustrated is like, people are not knocking down my door to like, have your book. <laughs> they're not knocking it down. They're, they're like, you know, I'm giving them reasons why they should read this book because it's, it's good, but people need reasons other than it's a good book um, to read it. Uh, but you know, you can't just, it's not like I, I wrote this book, here it is world. Now line up and ask me questions about it. That's not how it works. Right. Um, so that when I start to see that attitude, I try to nip it in the bud real fast. And it's not an attitude <laughs> that I like working. So oh, I can imagine. I mean, I'm sounding. I feel like I'm sounding so mean right now. 
<laughs> no, but I think it is really good to have this perspective because I think that, yeah, when you deal with somebody and I, I have like an ancillary experience of this from having edited an auction house catalog and dealing with clients who had things that had to go in the catalog and there was a big difference between people who are like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. What can I do to help? How can I provide information that will be helpful? And well, yeah, you should research the whole history of this thing I'm selling. And yeah, that's your problem now. And yeah. when you have 140 listings in one auction, like, no, I did not have time to do that. Um, so I think that I don't, and I don't think that often people have the other side of that perspective of what this person who's handling your book and producing your book is going through. And if you can anticipate that a little bit, you're going to get better results. Totally, totally. And I have authors who are in, you know, are emailing me five, six, seven, eight times a day, which is usually something that I drives me insane. Um, but they're so nice. And so like, they're just trying to be helpful and trying to figure out what they can do that I'm happy to take extra time and answer all their questions and, and make sure it's, it's when I get this sort of like, you know, when people are like, well, I did this, what did you do? Um, kind of thing. Oh, no. I get, I get real like, all right, we're done here. You know, like I, I will be like, you know, put all your questions to me in one email. Cause I only want one email from you per week. <laughs> like, you know, unless it's an emergency, you don't, I can talk to me. So yeah, you if know. you have needs, then have a little email draft open, number the list. And then yep. when you got like 10 or 12, just send it off. But yep. I think, so it sounds like what someone can do to really improve their chances. Well, number one, they need an agent. Number two, they got to be, I mean, this is true if you're going to even write a book in the first place, but be really pumped about what you're writing about <laughs> and yes. be talking about it anyway in your life. Yeah. And then you know, use all of your social media, use all of your reach, use your community to really share that idea. And then the book is kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. And that's, I, I want to come back to that point of community because that is the point that I, it's like my broken record that I tell every author all the time, all the time, all the time, because authors I do, I, I mean, I, I work with a great group of authors um, that are very much like, we want to help. We want to do these things. We want to do these things. And, my, and you know, my thing is it's my job as the director of marketing and sales. I, I run the PR department as well. We have someone that does a lot of outreach, most of the outreach, but I run it and make sure that things are happening on it. Um, but, uh, but um, so, and the direct, you know, so, so directing the PR department as well, my job is to get your book into the right people's hands. My job is to have those relationships with those people that they're going to read that book or that they're at least going to take a second look at that book because those people are inundated with books as well. So, you know, part of my job is going out and making sure they know us and they know our books and they know who we're dealing with and they know who we are. Um, and so my thing is you as an author, that's not where you're the most needed though. If you know people that can help in those arenas, please, by all means, great. Um, but like, that's not where you're the most needed where you're the most needed is like, I need you to have a community of people that are backing you up 
that are buying your book, that are coming to your events, that are telling their friends who are, you know, marketing people or like reviewers or are book lovers about your book. I need that. And like, I always use Natasha Dion as an example. Um, Cause she, I think she just like knocked it out of the park um, where she, you know, went into the pet emerging voices program. She runs dirty laundry lit. She's always, I always see her at literary events and stuff like that. Not, I mean, it's like, you know, all of us, we don't go every night, but you go enough that you see people. Um, she came out with her debut novel, Grace, which is on counterpoint. She got a front page review in the New York times. She got, you know, she's, I think she's on the New York times bestseller list. Um, she wrote this amazing book. Um, so, so, so it's like, those are things where like, I'm not sure that like the fact that she ran dirty laundry lit got her on the front page of the New York times, but it certainly didn't hurt. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and so that, that's the kind of thing is like build that network. Like, okay, you know, you're in, if you're going to write books, that means you're in the book business. So know it, know what it means to be in the book business. Um, and, you know, know the people that are in it. <laughs> so if you run into them, you can meet, you can say hi and meet them and, you know, all yeah, that. Yeah, this is a really good, because um, one of the reasons I started the show was because it was sort of to dispel this myth that books happen in like Walden's you know, on Walden Pond in a cabin <laughs> somewhere with a little fire, and then they just get sent out via stork into the world, and and it's just not true. Um, God, wouldn't that be so great if that oh, were that? But like, so that's... great. I mean, I think it's this is the bummer though, because I, I think, and maybe you would know better than me dealing directly, but I feel like there's probably a disproportionate number of writers who are introverts, and. Yes like spending time alone and don't necessarily yeah. want to go to a bunch of book events. I can certainly, sure. I like going to some of them. We're in a book club together. I love talking about books, but I'm not going to go to an event like three times a week. I would lose my mind. So I think what are some ways that people can get out there? Maybe if they're like freaked out by the thought sure. of having to go out in public all the time. Well, first of all, three times a week is insane. I don't even go. To, I don't even do that. Um, I mean, I used to when I ran them. <laughs> well, that's like, fair. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a while since I did that. But um, I I always say like if you can if you can once every two weeks, once a month, you should go to something. Um, you know, and it's just I mean I mean just just off the top of my head, the the ways that that helps is that like a if you become a regular at certain bookstores, people recognize you. Um, and then when you tell them, Oh, I have a book that just came out. Those people, I mean, you know, as well as anyone, uh, you know, the people who are selling your books are people at the bookstore, are the people selling your books to people. So you want them to be behind you and you want them to, to be touting your work. And you want them to want to read your stuff, you know, and, and one of the ways to do that is to show up to things for them. You know, it's sort of quid pro quo. Like you come to these events and you become a, you know, a face at this bookstore and someone who champions this bookstore or these number of bookstores. And when you're doing something cool, people are like, oh, cool. Like this person, you know, I can still tell you 
like Bruce Wagner got his career started at Book Soup. He brought in self-published books to Book Soup and was a regular there. And the staff read those books and started selling them. And, you know, fast forward, I mean, they've made now movies out of his books and he's a national bestseller and all that stuff. So, so those are things where like, you know, and it's not, I'm not saying like go in there with this as your goal. Like I'm going to go in there and I'm going to like, you know, make it so that then they sell my book. It's just being friendly, (laughs) like be friendly to the near neighborhood bookstore. But I will say Twitter is the best. I love Twitter. You can follow all these like book people on Twitter. um, And you can, and then you can start having discussions with them. And like, you know, Lisa Lucas, who is the head of the, national book award um she runs the national book foundation which does the national book award every year she and i like i i don't live in new york i would have never i you know i don't know when i would ever meet her but like she and i chat back and forth on twitter sometimes um you know it's not like a real like close friendship but every once in a while i'll send her a book and she usually snaps a photo and does a little tweet about it and like that's awesome. So it's things like that where you you don't have to be close friends with these people, but following them on Twitter, and a lot of them are on Twitter because they're all introverts too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like we like Twitter because I can lay in bed and, and still like have a conversation with you, but I don't have to like put on pants. It's great. No um, pants marketing. No pants. No pants. That's my my thing but also just like real quick um i think the key and i think what some people forget is that book people like talking about books so it's not that hard to start a conversation with them um you know like just talk about whatever book you're reading or what book you just read that you love and they'll you know like they get all excited and frantic about it um so so it's basically like like a bunch of drug addicts and like you know and we have this whole like we want the next like hit. So <laughs> I yeah. two things that it made me think of. I love what you said about Twitter. I think we should have a hashtag no pets marketing that we put out there. <laughs> so my, good. It's been my life. Yeah, it's totally time. my life. I'm wearing shorts today. You can't see it, but I, <laughs> I have considered when it's this hot podcasting in just a t-shirt because nobody can <laughs> see. Um, but I would not blame you. <laughs> I know. How can you? But I think the thing that I love about the Twitter thing, and this, somebody said this to me who does marketing and looked at my site, and I was like, I am a ding dong for not thinking of this, but it's like, we don't think we can reach those people, those, because I'm like, we, we saw celebrities in book soup all the time, and it didn't really phase me, except for Dexter that one time when I had just watched two seasons back to back, and I had to run <laughs> away from him, but everybody else, I was like, whatever. But when I see like an author, I like go into a cold sweat and I get like, <gasps> it's like, I, I'm not worthy. And, um, but somebody said, well, if you like somebody's book and you're talking about it, why don't you at them on Twitter? They'd probably right. like to know. And I was like, what? I can't do that. But I put something up about a podcast that Ellen de Botan was on. And I was mm-hmm. like, love me some Ellen de Botan with the at, you know, listen to this podcast. And he totally liked it. And I almost fainted. Totally. And I've done like, oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, about the author thing and me getting sweaty palms. You saw me meet Michael Shaben. You're one of the few people (laughs) who's ever seen me meet Michael Shaben and like 
That was so intense. I was like go about to over like, him. running and crying in place. It was so intense. I mean, I just like, look, I mean, I've met sitting presidents. I've met, you know, like I've done events with all of these like crazy, huge, so like Julie Andrews and like crazy, huge celebrities. You know, I worked at a bookstore in West Hollywood for five years and did the events. I've met them all. I sweat through at least one shirt meeting Michael Shaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing about that event, though, which people need to know, first of all, he's like the nicest person of all he's time. So nice. And With the best blue eyes of all time. Oh, he's like in that <laughs> Neil Gaiman wheelhouse of like oh. good looking. Anyway. And they're friends, right? So it's just weird. They, maybe because yeah. they feel familiar. And Ayala Waldman, I, like, want to not like her because she has the sexiest husband on earth, but she is just the nicest fucking person on and the planet. she's so appreciative of it, too. <laughs> yeah. But the thing was, if anybody remembers the cover of the Yiddish Policeman's Union, <laughs> yeah. he had a polyester shirt on that was the same color scheme as the book cover it was amazing which was amazing and i said to, i'm like that and he's like yeah it's pretty cool right like he was pretty excited he was like yeah i'm really into it so he's great so that made it worse not better right right my my palms i mean i shook his hand and i was like my palms are slick like <laughs> slick and i was just like <laughs> cavalier and clay is my favorite book of all time <laughs> just like I was like a Kristen Wiig character on Saturday Night Live. I was just like, <laughs> so a there's that, but b um I I mean I always am a fan of like adding authors and like doing the at thing for authors on Twitter, but also like just like praising people. Like when I I was reading the interestings by who's that Maggie Nelson. Gibson? No, Nelson. Maggie, Maggie something. Nelson is Argonauts. Yeah, the Maggie Nelson's Argonauts. Shit. Whatever. I was reading the interestings. I'm going to forget the person's it's name. It's okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, she's, it's a great book. It is a great book, even though I can't remember her name. Um, but, like, the um, – I just I, – I missed my subway stop. I was reading it. I missed my subway stop. I had – I got off at Civic Center and had to, like, walk, you know, the half mile from Civic Center to my office – I was like, fuck. And I just like, you know, thought it was funny <laughs> that I was reading this book called The Interestings that was so interesting. I missed my subway stop. And she like retweeted me and was like super nice. So like you can definitely I mean, if people like the praise, they, you know, they say thank you. Um, you know, th like I said, they're book people like and the thing of it is, is that like reading other book reviewers and book nerds and like Carolyn follow carolyn kellogg the book review the book editor for the la times like they're always talking about books that they love that they don't necessarily they aren't necessarily writing reviews of them but they're like the books that they're reading and they're excited about and stuff like that um and i think like that's how you get to know who the players are and they retweet each other and you kind of can just figure out who the players are in that game and 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 see and and God, I mean, you know, they're interesting, smart people. How do you not want to follow them on Twitter? You know? Exactly. And I think it's also, like, in the in the meantime, like, I always want to know, I'm so depressed that Books on the Nightstand is, no, is ending that podcast. Because they yeah. had this great feature that was, like, the books that we're so excited for you to read next. Yeah. Um, because they were inside, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I always want to know... 
like yeah. the next thing coming out because I'm not in book soup, like sniffing over the galley cart anymore. Right. Which is right. the greatest, but Ugh, it's so the best. good. So good. And uh, I'm still proud that I snatched elegance of the hedgehog out of there. I was like, this <laughs> looks pretty good. We'll see how I, that is. And I was oh like, my, oh. my, my proud moment is um, uh, the brief wonders life of Oscar. Wow. I, I just, a lot of people didn't really know Juno that well. And I, I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun, like, oh, I love comic book nerds. I'll just read this book. And I finished it and I was like, this guy's going to win the fucking Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. It's so um, good I when you say, find one of those and you're like, oh, I've, got yes. a, I've got a good one. I got a hot one. And it's like you won the lottery. Oh, and then you're totally. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say just like podcast recommendation role digression. Ooh. Um the drunk booksellers podcast oh i put it on a list of good ones i haven't listened to it yet but it's really good oh my god they're great uh one of them's from elliot bay and what sorry i'm the director of marketing but i can't ever remember anyone's name um which is why i call everyone dude um but it's a good uh, strategy <laughs> good strategy it's nearly california i call everyone dude um one's from elliot bay one's from word jersey city and then they have booksellers from all sorts of different bookstores on and they do a whole thing about what's coming up that they're excited about oh, and what they're reading now and oh it's great okay, and like I'm that section it. because any good bookseller is reading about seven books oh to, it's like least. that section takes like 20 minutes it's wonderful <laughs> i know it's like bring three they're like i have 12 is that okay <laughs> i couldn't whittle it down yeah <laughs> can't possibly oh no like no out. don't kill my babies um <laughs> totally <laughs> but yeah when you find a good one it's just I think it is totally legit to tell an author you wrote a good one because it makes a huge difference to them like, totally don't, don't minimize the fact that they'll be happy to hear that and your childhood heroes like I mean I when I was a teenager I read all of Francesca Leah Block's The Weepy oh, Bat God, series she's amazing she's so great and when David Bowie died she tweeted out that Weepy Bat wouldn't exist without David Bowie, and I tweeted something back that said Julia wouldn't exist without either of those oh. things. And she was, like, so nice to me. And we've met a number of times, but I don't know that she doesn't know me by name or anything. Um, and I was like, you know, it's true. And, and just ex expressing appreciation is such a great way to just, like, make... And then you can... And then it's, you have an in when, if you meet those people in person. You know, and if you have a book that comes out that you're super excited about, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend like spamming them on Twitter. But like when you're talking about it, perhaps they're now following you because you have this friendship made, um, you know, this Twitter friendship made and stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of doing stuff, doing stuff to set yourself up for payoff, but not doing stuff with the sole purpose of there being a payoff. I think people can tell too. I think if you're just genuinely pumped to talk about books and you want to exactly. share that, then that's great. So that then later, if you have a book, you know, people are, are into supporting that. But yeah, if you're just like, Hey, I like books. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 totally. But I also think like, you know, with my like business book authors, who it's not like they're going to book events and stuff like that. I, when I talk about community, I talk about it in a broad sense, right? Like, sure. If you're literary fiction, you need to be in with the book crowd. Um, you know, those are the people who are buying and reading your books. Literary fiction 
just to like totally dampen the party is the worst selling category for any publisher. Um, and so, you know, but my business book people or my nonfiction people, you know, whatever those people are writing, having that community for them too, they're like business friend community that's going to support the book, that's going to buy the book, that's going to buy the book for their company if they're in a position to do that. Um, those are things that, that are always, always, always what the author can bring to the table and what I I mean, my job is to bring my community to the table, um, you know, but the author, if the author has their own community, it's just going to work so much better. Absolutely. You know? I mean, and then if your community is really like pimped out, like my favorite story actually was one that you kind of did an assist for a slam dunk recently. Cause so we did episode one of the podcast was with Barry Tesler who wrote the Art of Money that came out recently. She's been a mentor mm -hmm. of mine for like 10, 15 years. I love her, right. love her work, love all about it, life-changing. So she wrote the book, but it's a kind of unusual genre. It's like sort of self-help, but it's also about money. So it's not, and if you've listened to the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about, but mm -hmm. for anybody out there, it's, um, it's more like a real life-affirming, like Yahoo, like not a Susie Orman, like you must take these steps kind of prescriptive <laughs> book. It's like, here's how to deal with the crazy feelings that come up when you start looking at money. Cause you're going to freak out and that's okay. And here's other people who freaked out and figured it out. Yeah. So people don't entirely know what to do category wise with this book. So we wanted to do an event at Romans um, because I wanted to help her do that. And they were like, no, we don't, we don't, we, they didn't know what to do with it. And so I asked you, cause I was like, mm -hmm. Julia knows events who's in charge of events over there now? And you told me, I wrote her an email that, that was like, it was like I was trying to get my child out of jail email. <laughs> I was like, I worked at Book Soup and I know the book community and I've worked with this woman for 12 years and her work is amazing and she has a crazy mailing list and she, we're going to bring it. We're going to bring the rain on this event. And they totally gave us the event. They changed their mind yep. and we're doing that event in August. So it's just, I, I love that story because if you have a book, just because somebody says no, or just because they aren't sure, or if you're doing something different, if you really have reached out and explained to people in the world what you're doing and why it's important, then, then other things can happen. Right. And I think, you know, like I said, the community, I mean, you know, knowing that, I mean, the, one of the things with bookstores is like, they want to sell the books. So, you know, that is also good to remember. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. I mean, the thing that I think most authors forget is that this is a business. Um, so, you know, sometimes I have to have really hard conversations with people because it's a business. And I have to, you know, at the end of the day, if my company does not sell books, I don't get to go to work there anymore. And that's sad. <laughs> I like work. I like working there. Um, but, uh, you know, the bookstores are a business too, you know? So as much as it's, it is fun to go in to bookstores and talk about books with people who love them, you know, those guys got to make money. So, so for an event coordinator, I mean, I, I do all the event coordination for all of our books. Um, you know, making sure, and I have really, really strict rules about booking events. Like sometimes my authors get mad at me cause they're like, you're asking too much. And I'm like, no, no. I'm what like, are, this so is, what are the rules? My rules are if you cannot bring 15 to 20 people out to an event, it is not worth doing the event. 
Um, this is for a single event. This is for a single author event. Now, if there is a different event that we can do where you bring in people that have communities that they can tap into as well, then we can talk about doing something else. But there are better ways to market to bookstores because let me back up. I think that people, what people forget is that not only are you having people come in and do an event and like, and like come and like hear your work being read or whatever, but, um, you are also, when you're in a bookstore, you're marketing to the bookstore. Um, so like as I ran events at book soup for four, little over four years, um, I did probably a thousand events when I was there. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. It was, a I lot think it was, events. it was a lot. And I worked almost every day. Um, but, uh, I, like, I didn't take weekends. <laughs> I know we tried like to talk you out of that, but yeah, but it didn't work. Um, but uh, <laughs> don't listen lost. to this part of Julia's advice. I know this is, this is bad. Yeah. Take your weekends. Take weekends. It makes you a much nicer person. Um, but, um, but so, you know, the, the people that could bring people in, I, usually remembered. Um, I definitely, definitely remembered the people who could not bring people in. Uh, I could probably still tell you the best. I could tell you the three events that I did. I'm not going to, but I could tell you the three <laughs> events. I'm not going to name names. I that's know. not nice. But the three events that I did where zero people showed up. Oh, um, God, that's so and awful. I, yeah. And I can tell you most of the ones where one person showed up. Still, I haven't worked in book selling for since 2010. Um, you know, and I can still tell you that. Um, so, so that's, I look at that and I say like, look, don't be that author. <laughs> well, plus that hurts your book. It doesn't help your book to do an event when no one is there. It hurts your book. You know, the bookstore is unhappy because they just ordered X number of books that they now are going to return and they have to pay for the return shipping. Um, and so you're going to get, so you get penalized for that kind of stuff as an author. Um, you know, you're not going to want to do it again. It's no good all around. Exactly. And look, sometimes there's going to be events. I, I can tell you at least one of the events where no one showed up, it was a Lakers championship game. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. And it was like, there's no way when you're booking an event because of how far in advance book events are booked. There's no way you can know that the championship Lakers game is going to be on that night. Like that guy, I always cut slack. Like he was an LA author. All of his friends were LA people. They were watching the Lakers game. Oh, um, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> so, but right. It is heartbreaking, but it's also like sometimes shit happens. Yeah, I that's had an, life. I had an author do an event in Nashville and like, six hours before the event, I got a phone call that like all of Nashville had to go home because of a tornado. Oh no. And so then she was like, Oh, so then we rebooked the event and then it was good, but like not as big as it would have been otherwise. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, those are things where like, and that, that bookstore has taken that author back for events since, and they've been hugely successful. And so like, it's just sometimes shit happens and, and any good bookseller knows that, but you know, don't be the person you don't want to be the person with two people at your event on a night where nothing's gone wrong. 
Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, again, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Like if you have a book, be pumped about that book, be sharing about that book and, you know, put it out there. Like, I think we're going to explode totally. Romans on this event in August awesome. because awesome. there's, a, there's been a crazy campaign that we've done. She's awesome. had and like basically brand ambassadors for the book, like runs an online cool. course, you know, with that material, all of them want to meet her in person. Like it's, it's going to blow up that bookstore. Um, well, and that's, and like, that's the thing, right. Is that like, you want to do that. And, and, um, I don't, my thing is the person who books the events, who's on that side of it. I don't want to say no to you ever. Um, that's my secret. I don't, as you, as your publish, as your publisher, as your marketing person, I want to be in a position where I never, ever have to say no to you. Um, and so when you come to me with community and you say, Hey, these are the places that I have community. These are the places where I can get good, good amounts of people out. And then here's the places where I'm actually going to be, or that I'd like to travel to. And can you set up a coffee with one of the booksellers or can I go in and sign my books at these bookstores um, or whatever, it, whatever that is, you know, being like, I understand that like maybe this isn't the best way to do this in this area. You know, I, I get put in a position where I'm not having to say no. And I feel, I hate saying no. It is my least favorite part of my job when I have to say no to people. So, you know, um, so, you know, thinking about like, okay, like thinking about how everyone, this is all a business and everyone's in this business. And, um, you know, so what makes the most sense business wise? And you don't have to be a business genius to like figure that out. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, don't like <laughs> and another part of that business genius part. Don't walk into a bookstore and talk about how much cheaper things are on Amazon. Oh God. <laughs> that is just who do people do that like i feel like you're not allowed to do that um some people don't know uh you know must uh, not be when real you, book people when you mention to booksellers that you're going to read something on your kindle booksellers get fucking pissed <laughs> oh my um, god so don't say it you know like you know i think like the bare minimum understand what companies amazon owns uh, they're not that many, but it's like Audible, um, Kindle, you know, they own the Kindle, they own Goodreads, um, and understand that booksellers are going to bristle a bit when you, if and when you talk about that. They understand that you have to do marketing to these places, but they don't want to hear about it because yeah. Amazon is actively trying to put them out of business. Exactly. I mean, they're yeah. an active competitor. I mean, I think it's it's one thing, like if as a consumer, I have one bookstore I go to in Santa Barbara all the time. And I love this woman. Like I considered inviting her to my wedding. That's how often I talk to this bookseller. <laughs> um, but I will tell, I will, I will come up cause she's great at recommending stuff. So I'll come up with a stack. Like, Oh, nobody can see this, but it's like a, a foot high of books. Right. And I'll be like, which one should I buy? And which one should I get out of the library? And she will say so. But but if it's like, why well, I shouldn't buy this here. This is too much. Can't you match the Amazon prices? Or don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. That's like saying do it. to somebody who's hand knit a sweater, like, well, I could get this at Target. Like, no. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. Well, and you know, it's it's those things where like uh, I understand that there are things that I know because I I mean like look I. 
I was talking to an independent bookstore and accidentally called something. We we do like um, my company does like these broadcasts kind of like this um, where two authors talk to each other. Um, and we used to call them Goodreads broadcasts or something like that. And literally the only reason we call them that is because one of the places that we posted these things was on Goodreads. Right. Um, it's just like what we call them in the office. And I said it to someone at a bookstore and I just got this like shit storm back at <gasps> me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, and, and my thing was like, A, chill the fuck out. But like B, you know, okay, that was my fault. And I stepped in it and I should not have called it that to, to a bookstore. I know better. Um, and you know, it's like, you learn, you make that mistake, you fucking learn. <laughs> it's you interesting because I didn't know that Goodreads, because to me, Goodreads is just a review site. I mean, I know it's owned by Amazon and Amazon is running it, but Goodreads yeah. isn't really selling anything to me. It's a yeah. forum for discussing books and finding out if I want to read something. Right. And a lot of booksellers are on it. Um, you know, I, I agree. And I use Goodreads for my own things. I don't, I don't use any of the Amazon, um, like, uh, buttons on it. Right. Um, but you know, like it is, Amazon does pull that data, um, and use it from Goodreads. Um, oh, I see. yeah. So I, I mean, I get it. I get it. But, um, Litsy, I don't know if you know about this new one called Litsy, mm -hmm. L-I-T-S-Y. Um, they're really great and they do, they're not Amazon affiliated. They're kind of like Goodreads, but, oh, interesting. um, we will put that one up for people to yeah. check out. It's cool. I'm Pesty1079, P-E-S-T-Y-1079 on there and you can find me. Okay. The other thing to say about that, and then I have one more question. Yeah. Is you have the best name for roller derby that is so good <laughs> for literary nerds so i just want to know if we can share that you can share it my um my roller derby name was i don't play anymore because i broke my leg fairly severely um while playing roller derby uh my roller derby name was infinite pest and my uh number was 1079 pages oh it's so good <laughs> i bring this up also because i realized what my roller derby name was the other oh, night it. in conversation. It. It's not it. exactly literary, but it has to do with my favorite swear word, um, yes. which I did source from a particular uh, book soup employee. <laughs> <laughs> my roller derby name, should I ever play roller, roller derby, which I probably won't because I'm too scared of it, is uh, Lucille Balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Lucille Balls! It's so good. I'm so satisfied with it. Um, it's good. It's a total aside. But yeah. uh, the, the question I want to end on, and I'm so yeah. excited for all this info, is what do you think the biggest advantage is to going with a small press over either mm -hmm. self-publishing or going with a big press? Like, what are you going to get with a small press that you're not going to get anywhere else? Sure. I'll preface this by saying, if you're like Emma Klein and... Random House is like, here's a million dollars for your debut novel. Do not go with a small press. Go with <laughs> Random House. <laughs> just like, just like FYI. Take the money. Take the money. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so my, uh, where I see small presses is first of all, you know, bigger presses, they are doing this thing where they're taking on very, very, very big debuts and giving them a lot of money. The thing is, is that they don't take on a ton of other debuts. Um, 
bigger presses work in a bit of a different way than they used to in that they don't necessarily spend the time that they used to um, fostering new talent. And it used to be that you could publish three, four, five books that did okay, um, and they would continue to publish you if they thought that there was a chance that you were going to write a great book eventually, you know, that like you were writing good books, but like eventually you would write the one that really hit. And I think in a lot of ways, small presses has have taken over that um, a lot of that because we publish people. I'm talking specifically with literary fiction. Um, There's other kinds of books that sort of, um, fall into different categories of why you should publish with a small press. Um, but, uh, but basically if you're anything mid list, which is the, the industry name for someone who's getting like a couple thousand dollar advance. And basically if you're a mid list author at one of the big five publishing houses, they're going to put a little bit of marketing behind you. They're going to book some events for you. They're going to set some stuff up for as much you know they're going to send your book out to places um and then they're basically going to be like okay hopefully this hits and if it doesn't we're just going to take the loss um small presses don't work that way uh i can't i don't i don't have the luxury of having books that don't hit or that don't and 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 i have a different definition of hit than a big publisher but um but i don't have the luxury of taking of not putting my all behind a book that we take on Um, so you have people that are fans of your work that go out and fight for you every day. Um, and we have had authors and this is one of our big goals for a lot of our authors. I mean, we like to work with authors over and over again, but we've had authors that have done their first or sometimes first couple of books with us. And then they go on and they get publishing deals with the big five houses and, for us, that is a, that's a win all around because if you if they get a marketing budget behind them from you know one of the publisher big publishers, then when people read that book, they're going to be like, oh my god, this is great. What else has this person read? Oh, and then yeah. they buy our books, you know. And so our thing is like our our overhead isn't the same as a big publisher, so we don't have to sell as many books. We can be much more niche, um, but we you know, I I look at if you're going to come to a small press, what you get behind you is you get people who um, maybe don't have the money behind them as a big press, but they do have this like passion and enthusiasm. And, you know, they have, we have skin in the game, um, you know, as the publisher, Uh, we, us giving you a couple of thousand dollars for an advance is a lot of money for us. Um, whereas for Penguin, it's like, you know, whatever, give them a couple it's like thousand dollars. like a lunch dollars. budget. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know about that. And I don't want to... Maybe a big lunch, but... I don't want to, like, single out Penguin. It's just the first... I'm, I literally am looking at, like, a shelf full of Penguin classics right now. So oh, they're so pretty. It's popped into my head. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. So, like, yeah. you're going to get more attention from a small press for the same level of deal if you're a, yeah. new, if you're a new author. And or you're even if get, you're an ongoing author, actually. Right. And you're going to get people like, you know, you're going to get like, we have a lot of books, so I don't get to, 
I mean, I even don't get to spend as much time on per book that I want to, because if it were up to me, I would like take one book and like for four months, just do nothing but deal with that book. That's not a reality. But, um, but you know, there are books and there are authors where when I'm sitting at my desk at 6pm, and I'm like, well, I could wrap it up right now. Or I could do X number of things for this book. Um, you know, there are people, a lot of our authors, I, I go like, okay, I'm just going to stay for another hour and like deal with this. And I think, you know, um, not, I, I'm not trying to say anything about how hard people in the big five publishing for world works because they work their asses off. Um, but, you know, I, I think you have, you know, this passion behind you. I don't get just to sign books. Um, I'm, I'm help, you know, at, at a big publisher, you're going to get just assigned a book, um, for a lot of those jun particularly junior publicists, they just get assigned books, but I, I am there in the editorial process. I'm, I, you know, any book that we publish usually gets run by me at some point of like, do you want, does this look okay? Does this look, you know, like something we want to do or that's good for the company? So, so that is that. And then in reference to self-publishing, I, I feel like there are there are reasons to self-publish, um, but they are maybe not the reasons most people think of. Um, number one, uh, because you just want a book for yourself and some of your friends, um, and you don't really mind how much it sells. Um, number two, because um, you, you want this book to exist, but no one else is going to publish it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think also it can be, um, you know, something where, I mean, it also always has to be for you. It's because I think with self-publishing, there are so many obstacles, um, when you self-publish that it's crazy to think that you're going to sell a ton of them or that you're going to get huge praise for them. The, the ones that get that are so few and far between. Um, so, but, but, you know, if there are reasons that you have where you're like, I just want this book. I want to see it in print. I want it from me. Um, I don't want to go through all this other stuff. Then that's fine. That's good. Do it. Yeah. So. And if you want a shorter timeline too. Yeah. If you want a shorter timeline. I mean, there are places that you can pay to help you publish books um, on much shorter timelines. Oh, uh, interesting. But um, yeah, maybe that's a conversation for yeah, another maybe day. That's a separate, but... separate world. <laughs> But yeah, so, um, but so, you know, those are things that you can, if you have the money to do it, you can do it. Um, a lot of people self publish through like lightning source or create space cause it's cheap. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, this has been so helpful and I'm really glad that we got to bring the small press voice into the conversation cause yeah. we haven't had it here yet. And I think it's super and super important thing to consider because there are a number of really great small presses out there who are gonna fight for you um yeah because you're <laughs> a member of the team when you get in there yes so, that's true so i want to thank you so much for for chatting with us today and giving us all the insider the real grit my and, pleasure yeah and we'll put all your links uh up on up on the show notes so if you cool. want to follow Julia, see what's up, see who she's following, I suspect. Yep. I'll give that as a hot tip. You can follow Julia yeah. on Twitter. Look at who Julia follows. 
It's like books, beer, and politics. If you are into that, you are set. I like yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much. And I know we're going to have you back again because we didn't talk about it today because I didn't want to have any spoilers, but I think we might need to have a standalone episode about a little life. Done. Oh, man. Hanya Yanagihara knows how to rip a heart out, man. Yes, yeah, she does. Mine is still <laughs> pulpy on the floor. And uh, it's been about five months since I read that thing. And I'm still yeah. reeling. Yeah, totally. So I I, jo- I always joke that that book's cover should have a trigger warning. Because <laughs> just like, <laughs> you just see that face and you're like, oh, my God, it's horrible. No joke. <laughs> this book is no joke. And the Europeans are not really warned in the same way because their cover is just like pretty, a little life, white background kind of yeah. graphic looking lettering. Not the same cover. No, no. it's going to stab you in the heart stab all right well we'll be back with that one but um for now i want to thank you so much and we'll have you again yes i would love it thank you so much dude thank you for listening to the secret library podcast where we're going deep inside the world of books you can listen to all episodes on itunes show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found online at secretlibrarypodcast.com to stay up to date and hear about future episodes please subscribe to footnotes my newsletter on the site You can also find out about coaching with me, Caroline, and get book prescriptions and other goodies at carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much, and until next week, happy reading. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite show? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash adfreefitness to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.